Hello and welcome to Nerd World Politics. I'm Brandon O'Brien. And I'm Marlon Thompson. And we want to introduce you all to the very first episode. This is the very first episode of this podcast. So thanks so much for joining us. If you're joining us for the first time, if you've shared this or liked this, and that's um, how we are making sure that friends of yours are getting onto this content, or if you're finding out from th- about this because someone else shared it, thanks so much for joining us as well. Um, just a little bit about who we are and what this podcast is, if you're joining us, obviously, for the very first time. <laughs> um, What's that? Well, yeah, it is the first time people are obviously joining us this time. Um, Marlon and I are two uh, black nerd activists from Trinidad and Tobago. Um, And we've always wanted to do um, or have conversations about the stuff that we're watching and enjoying for a host of different reasons. One of which is that there's there's so few people who are having these kinds of conversations, like from a Caribbean lens, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think also the, the key thing is um, uh, we're also coming, although we share the activist name, we're also coming from two different worlds. Um, I'm much older. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Marlon is like, um, I don't want to say that you're old enough to be my dad because that's kind of condescending. But we're significant. <laughs> there's a significantly different. Uh, there's a significant age gap between us, which is interesting. Let's say now. Generation X Millennial, and, and we're good. <laughs> yeah, we can settle with that. Um, so, yeah, and I think that it's uh, to go straight into our first um, topic, the first thing that we want to talk about, it was really interesting that both of us to have um, totally different generational perspectives of um, the issue that we're talking about. So, like, how we dealt with call-out culture. Um, yeah in our respective, like, primes, for lack of a better word, is vastly different. Like, how, how call-out culture, whether even call-out culture existed, um, like, 10, 15, 20 years ago, um, is, it, whatever it is, it was vastly different to what we, what we have now, yeah. which is also uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, I think also it, it, it has changed because of how we interact with popular culture now. That has totally changed. And the... Pers- per- the personal ownership that people have um, of this fandom has affected in terms of how it has, um, how, what we're seeing now on a, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, and I think with that, I think we should just kind of jump right into it and see how the yeah. discussion goes. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, everybody kind of knows about this, but I'm still going to kind of give some backstory for folks who haven't heard of the curious case of James Gunn. In July 2018, James Gunn found himself at the center of a controversy surrounding his own tweets from as long ago as 2008, joking about issues like rape and pedophilia. Back then, those were in keeping with the provocative nature of Gunn's comedy, but today, many have stood behind Gunn, stating that he and his work have changed considerably enough that he deserves to be seen in a new light and even that he has himself renounced the statements he made back then. However, the jury of public opinion has already spoken out about his distasteful comments, and subsequently Disney removed Gunn from the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. There's still a lot to talk about um, as as far as it uh, pertains to the reaction around Gunn and his tweets, and whether those um, reactions are entirely fair, especially since images have recently surfaced featuring Gunn and others at a pedophilia-themed Halloween party. And I think I want to start there, mostly because it's the most recent thing. We're still not yeah. entirely certain yeah. where those photos came from. And it's just, it's worth keeping in mind that this whole bacchanal, um, I don't know, I'd have to put a, a note in the description about what bacchanal means. Uh, but the, <laughs> uh, welcome oh, yeah. to the Caribbean, folks. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's really interesting that this whole bacchanal started because of um, some conservative commentator on Twitter um, really just wanted to go after James Gunn. And I think that's really interesting, a really interesting place to start off. It's not an organic conversation about James Gunn and his comments from 2008. Somebody went digging um, Mm -hmm. because they, uh, I I guess, took offense to James Gunn's otherwise social justice warrior-themed comments from this year. Uh, Yeah, and and also it it seems to be a targeted attack. So James Gunn is not the only one, and they really seem to have this 
um, attraction they're going after Disney slash Marvel people. And James Gunn has been the one so far that it seemed the, one to the most successful. Yeah. I, 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 there's a part <laughs> of me that I just really confused. There's a huge part of me that's just genuinely confused about like why not not why james gunn because i think i think if it was an organic conversation i would not have a question about why james gunn so i'm gonna i'm gonna presume that it's possible that someone that someone could just organically stumble on james gunn's tweets and be like jesus christ what the hell is wrong with this guy we have to call him out yeah but but also there is the fact that when the original guardians of the galaxy was released there was some controversy surrounding some of his posts even right. back then, and yeah. he did do he did some work with Glad, so he he actually part of, that was part of his journey where he acknowledged, hey, what I've made mistakes in the past, and at that time Disney was cool to say, all right, we've dealt with it. But as I said, the political climate in the U.S. was much different then, um, and I think that has contributed to a lot of it. We yeah. are looking at it from the the outside looking in, but we do know that that has had a lot of influence in terms of how these things are portrayed and how they are picked up. Um, because a lot of the, um, the, the impetus was driven by conservative websites. And I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm even hesitant to call them conservative websites because I have a lot of respect for conservatives, for Democrats. And I think that some of what we now call conservative in the U.S. has changed and morphed and they're different yeah. things. So, I don't. I don't consider them true conservative websites. I know some conservatives, and um, the funny thing for those of you out there about um, about Trinidad and and the, the Caribbean as a whole, a lot of people that I know in Trinidad would actually they like to identify with liberal, but they would actually be in the real yeah. conservative party. That's, yeah. That's bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, talk about how they loved Obama, but no, they would have voted Republican if they were in the states. That's the funny thing. Yeah, that's I, I, I'll leave that for another podcast. <laughs> um, but you are absolutely right, and I think that a lot of a lot of what um, what gets called conservative, yeah, uh, or what gets the advantage of of labeling itself a conservative voice is really, really different, and sometimes different, like on a on a monthly or even weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, because like the conversations are changing and becoming more aggressive so much faster. I don't think that so like people think that Gamergate is like a conservative versus liberal issue. Not really. It's really Not just a sane no. versus insane issue to me. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's not it's not so much it's not so much a matter of politics. It's really just a matter of um, people lashing out. Uh, against people and voices and especially celebrities because they because f- they feel like that gives them an opportunity um not necessarily to advance a narrative because i don't think that the narrative is clear but to get revenge against yeah. like losing their voice i think a lot of folks who are attacking folks like james gunn or even attacking um the cast of star wars or uh, doing things like that, they they don't have a very clear idea of what they what they're trying to do or say. They're just really angry about the idea that the world has become to them more politically correct and more SJW focused. Yeah, so, and I, do, I I I don't want to be I I don't want to make my statement sound to be anti-American or anything like that. Yeah. But one of the things that confuses me here when I see persons who engage with pop culture here and some of them take up the whatever these guys are putting down. So like I saw a lot of dissent um, locally about The Last Jedi and some of what I saw them being pirated was from these same individuals. And it, it's weird to me because I then speak to some of these people and I say, but within your particular context here in Trinidad, it's, you know, that you really shouldn't really identify with that. And it's, it's yeah. not how I used to interact with culture from the United States. Uh, I mean, we were fascinated by it, but we weren't fascinated by all the other aspects of the culture itself, you know, in, in terms of the day-to-day going-ons of the politics of, of the country itself. And and that and all has, I, I, I don't want to say, but permeated into 
social media and and how we learn about these things and how we interact with them yeah um so let me say what's my biggest concern with this james gunn business yeah is that it genuinely feels not like we are trying to hold James Gunn accountable. And I do want to talk a little bit more about how we call out people's harmful behavior, yeah. people's harmful comments online a little bit later if we have the time. Yeah. But my biggest concern is the, how it happened with James means that it's not about holding him accountable for genuinely um, distasteful behavior. Uh, but it's an opportunity for somebody to say, well, look, if you're going to, if you're going to make this all about... Um, social justice and you're going to make this all about political correctness and saying and doing the right thing always or else you'll get thrown under the bus well then you will have to throw all of your champions under the bus too yeah or yes. you'll have to decide that that joking about rape is suddenly okay again <laughs> right <laughs> it's really not about whether james gunn said or did something that's inappropriate or dangerous or should be um better looked at or or better responded to it's just if you're going to if you're going to hold us accountable for saying these things then everyone who says these things have to have to get thrown on the bus and we'll make and we'll we'll put we'll put that burden on you to decide where the line is and how thick and and we fell for the trap and we fall for the trap always 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 um now it's fair to say that there is a comparison perhaps to (laughs) Uh, I know where perhaps, you're going. <laughs> right to James Gunn's tweets and Roseanne's. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so, but I want to hear what you think first. Well, uh, I first of all, I, I think we we we. I mean, we've both acknowledged that that the jokes that he did back in 2008 or whenever he did it. I mean, they were bad. Yeah, they were yeah. poor jokes. They were, yeah, in poor taste. They they were they weren't funny even. You know, if you have to go like that. Yeah. And then I also <laughs> wonder. You know, I want to have full disclosure. I love. Guardians of the Galaxy. I it came at a time, and I was actually thinking about it today. This was one of the last uh, events that I had with my son before he went out to university. We went to the cinema together as a family, mm-hmm. and that that includes my my other son and his fiance as well. So it was a real family event. And again, reflecting the music that he used was the music my father, my late father, would play. Um, on his record player. So some of that music in the movie was he, my father would come home and play these songs on the record player. Yes, folks, um, Google that record player. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and music was a big part of my father's life. It's actually one of the things, one of his last collections, I have like all of his, his LPs, which is like over a hundred, 200 LPs. Um, I don't have anything to play them on by the way. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm coming from with respect to James Gunn. I'm I'm yeah. I'm coming from that point. Right. And um, I mean, if we if we going to be, we're, 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 yes, yeah, just saying that if we're going to be absolutely like absolutely transparent about how we feel about yeah. these things, I think it's worth keeping in mind that if I'm if I'm critically honest, I'm really not concerned about James Gunn one way or the other. Yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> He's gonna be fine. <laughs> He's gonna be fine. Yeah, I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, but like, if they stop making it, I wouldn't shut up here. Don't touch my Iron Man. That's me. Oh. <laughs> no, and and then as as I, I told you in a conversation, Guardians of the Galaxy two came out just after my father passed away. Yeah, and Yondu, at that scene, I was bawling in the cinema, and you know, and I and and the thing with Guardians of the Galaxy two after my experience where my my. Um, Wife was late for the oh, original yeah. one. I watched it by myself first, and then I watched it with her. Um, she enjoyed that's it. That's how serious um, it was. Yeah, that's how serious it was. That's how, and, and I followed Gun on um, social media, so I, I've, I've gotten to know a bit about him from 2014 when he made the first movie to now. Roseanne, on the other hand, I did like the I liked the Roseanne um, show the back in the day. Oh. No, the, no, the original. I, I didn't yeah, watch the original. Was cool I, I, yeah. The original was cool. I liked it. I, I, I liked everything like that. Yes, but I saw to, the um, original. I just pointed out it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw it when it was first on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, show off now. That's the difference. Is I'm not really showing off. <laughs> That's not showing off. <laughs> That's admitting your age. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> um, Roseanne, it's totally different because 
and I'm trying not to let my bias versus James Gunn, you know, cloud me. But Roseanne, after she made the television show in all that inter time in between, Roseanne was saying and doing really bad crap. And mm. she didn't come, and she, she, there were times people reached out to her, and I knew people like her ex-husband, Tom Arnold, and other people reached out to her, and she didn't seem as if she wanted to change. For me, everything that I saw with James Gunn, where his tweets were suddenly about promoting other people and promoting good things, yes, he would do his, his, his social justice warrior stuff, but a lot of his things were amplifying positive things. And that, that's a huge, that was a huge change. So you saw, I mean, you watch interviews with him and what Groot meant to him and how everything around him changed and how he viewed the world from making schlock movies now to making something where families come up to him and say, thank you for that. Where if I met him, I would cry, say, I told him my daddy. You know, I, I would be <laughs> like that. Yeah, and I and and at the same time, I feel you still have to be held accountable for the things you say and the things you do. So I'm also the person who says I understand Disney making the decision. It's a fine in my mind. It's a financial decision. I kind of felt they made it really quick and too quick, and that could have been the Roseanne effect. But yeah. for him and for her, I think they did the right thing. But to compare. <laughs> To compare the both of them and say that it's it's a false equivalency to compare the both of them. Yeah, I think it's a false equivalency too. I do not think that the uh, that the decision was by right on both parties. But I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm I'm not approaching it as a financial decision, and I'm not particularly concerned about the finances or the economics yeah, of that decision because once we set the line, the line is set. And it means that even if it's not a financial, even if it's not an economic decision, we are put in a position where we have to make the exact same decisions because the precedent has been set. But yeah. the fundamental guess... difference to me between um, Gunn and Roseanne is Gunn made those, oh. those comments in 2008. And yeah. since 2008 has said yeah. those were shitty jokes, guys. And I wish yeah. I never made them. I'm not taking them down. He's, he has his own reasons perhaps for not taking them down. Uh, perhaps to be true to or to still like have those things um, remembered as a thing that he was capable of so yeah. that he continues to grow. Um, mm. But the difference between Gunn and Roseanne is Roseanne made those comments last month. Yeah. And I want to say something about defending Gunn keeping it up. I was with an organization and we had this internal chat mm -hmm. and we had a huge blow up within the organization. And when I mean huge, I mean the situation became toxic, yeah. where people looked at one another and they were angry. And all those comments were online and we discussed it in our chat. And the head of the organization deleted it. After we, we came to a resolution. So this forced us to come to a resolution. And I was pissed. And the that reason I was pissed, yeah, the reason I was pissed was I said, that is our history. We need to see and be reminded where we were, what mm. drove us to this level of toxicity. And we need to learn the lessons from that so that we don't repeat it. You know, and, and so I understand sometimes keeping, you know, not deleting a tweet. I don't, I don't understand the not apologizing. You know, people like to say, oh, I don't want to apologize for everything. But I believe sometimes leaving that legacy so that you yourself could be reminded of where you were and sh and you could recognize the growth. I mean, I'm applying my developmental <laughs> teachings here mm -hmm. that, you know, that that is where you can, you, you can really become a truly fully self-actualized human being. But you need to see the crap that you were. You kind of need to see the crap that you were. Yeah, and and for people to and for people to recognize the growth that you didn't wake up yeah. like this, yeah. And, and and that was one of the discussions I had with a friend of mine. Where is this arc of forgiveness that we often talk about? Why can't we let mm -hmm. some be forgiven and others? And it's difficult now. The conversations are difficult now, especially in the Me Too movement. Should Harvey Weinstein ever be forgiven? And I was. I want to jump. I want to jump in because I have like. 
my own unique perspective as someone okay, who's, who's called out before, right? And I'm still trying to figure this stuff out. And I mean, if anybody who's listening to the podcast uh, has some pointers or just some best practices that they've developed, um, make sure to send it to us somehow. We'll, <laughs> we'll, I will leave some links to our um, social media in the description. Um, but here's my thing. So as a spoken word poet uh, working here in Trinidad and Tobago, I've used my work, and, and people have different opinions about it. I've used my work to call out toxic behavior in the, social, in the spoken word community and in general before. And it's yeah. not like I call out somebody that I hardly know like James Gunn. Like, I'll, I, will call out, I will call out my family. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> and that's something that yeah. I've done before. A lot of my work, a lot of my most um, emotional and my most honest work uh, has been not just calling out folks who are really close to me who have done really harmful and dangerous things, um, but calling out myself for not calling them out earlier. Yeah? And that's that's where my work as what I call myself is a social justice storyteller. That's where a lot of my work comes from. And my philosophy has always been... Um, there, are, there are multiple kind of facets to me. There are like some rules. The first rule is it doesn't necessarily matter what you did. Uh, what does what it does what does matter is what you do, right? Which leads to rule number two: if you've done something wrong in the past, you could only meaningfully say that you've changed if you've admitted that you've done some things in the past that were shitty. Yeah. That could come in the form of an apology. That could come in the form of like you making a, a public statement about how your work and your life has changed due to so-and-so. It could be all sorts of... I think that, for instance, if James, if, if James Gunn had said something like... Uh, had put out a blog post saying something along the lines of, um, well, since um, getting... Um, since getting divorced to Jenna Fisher, I don't know. Um, mm. I've taken a really cold hard look at my life and the decisions that I've made and the kind of stories that I've decided to tell uh, and I've decided to tell new stories and to create new work I think if he had done that long before these tweets come out people would look at James Gunn vastly differently yeah um but even that is kind of moot because on some level he did apologize and he did only this and it was a good apology yeah if, if I have to rank apologies this would this one would get the I'd forgive you skill yeah this, this would be yeah and I mean, even before these, even before these tweets became a big thing, he has been clear about the fact, or at least I feel like he's been clear about the fact that his work and his life has changed. Yeah, and that to me means that he's vastly different to again Roseanne, who um, said some shitty things and doubled down on them. Yeah, yeah. so that even if these tweets were from two thousand and eight, right, the fact that she said. I must stand by these tweets because they weren't the wrong thing to say. I mean, I should have the right to say whatever the ass I want. Or maybe it was the sleeping pills. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? The fact that she said that instead of meaningfully apologizing or owning, or owning her wrong means that she does deserve to get called out. To me, the rule is really simple. You can only say that you've changed if you've also owned the thing that desired that des that deserved to change does that make sense yeah it makes sense and and you, you kind of force me because i have this rule i have this famous rule where i put you on a list <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have a list too i have a list too thanks to you yeah. no but my list i mean because i and, and like as i talk about all my love for gun and if gun didn't you know act in a contrite way i would have put him on the list yeah. I'm, I'm just like that i could love you a lot and you do something that I feel, no, man, I'm, I'm not seeing you trying to, to change. And you go on my list and I participate in your, 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 your creative works no longer. I don't want it anywhere right. around. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. yeah. I, I, and it's interesting that you bring up the list because I'm not sure. I think James Gunn would have ended up on my list as well. In, in different circumstances. Yeah. Like a, a perfect a perfect example is to go back to the photos from the Halloween party. Now, yeah. again, we don't know where they're from. We don't even know if it's a Halloween party. And yeah. all we know is that there were photos on his website that has that on his blog that are no longer there. Yeah. Well the blog in fact I think is no longer there. Yeah. Um 
we don't know how old they are we don't know where they're from if if we find out for certain that they're from 2008 i could kill us yeah yeah if i find out that they're from 2014 i'll be like james eh, mm. what was that what's that that's that's too close it's too close yeah. now for comfort I think that that's that's why for a lot of for a lot of me thinks that this James Gunn thing is just gonna get blown out of proportion. Not just because it's so long ago, but because he's to me demonstrated that he's a different person. Um, yeah. and, and and the the funny thing is, I I still because I've been trying to speak to some of the normals and get their reaction, and um, a lot normals? of people, yeah, the normals people who. Like my wife, my wife is a normal. Yeah. She only knows, so I have to explain the entire MCU timeline every time we go to every movie. Oh god! And she's, yeah, so she's a normal. <laughs> that must be infuriating. <laughs> well, she's getting better because Black Panther did a lot, and we need to do a whole episode on that. Yes. That really helped a lot. Um, but the, the, they haven't really been concerned about it. I have, in some of the novels that I've spoken to, some have no idea this happened. Some right. don't seem some to don't care. even know who's, what's a James Gunn. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's because, and that's partially because of how Disney does their stuff. So yeah. by the time Guardians of the Galaxy 3 rolls around, Disney has these high-paid people who are like, yep, make sure they think nothing of this. And they roll out that machinery, and that machinery is going to make everything nice and neat. Mm-hmm. All the actors know that it's in their contract. They have to do these interviews. They have to do this. You are not to mention gun. They they know that and they will grudgingly do it. So and it will you know it will hurt Disney. As I said, it I I I think James Gunn is going to be okay just based on all the reports we're getting about the offers that he's made he's getting and plus the fact that you have someone who's proven that they can do a back to back you know hundreds of million dollar movies. So yeah, why wouldn't I want that guy? Right. So, <laughs> you know what? I want to throw something. I want to throw something out there just to see how it informs the conversation. I don't know if you're familiar with Max Landis. I anticipate that you, yeah, are, right, yeah, and yeah. you heard about um earlier this year there were allegations of sexual harassment or sexual assault coming yep. from, coming out yeah. um against Max, and and there are a lot of different things a lot of different places to come from. And I, I want to talk about that in perspective to a lot of people standing behind James Gunn. So like mm-hmm. when those allegations came out against Max, I was genuinely torn because mm-hmm. I really like Max, right? Yeah. Um, it, was, it was Max's like weird, unusual movie pitches and the videos that he put out on his YouTube page that encouraged me. Which I used to subscribe subscribe to. Yeah, and I'm still subscribed to. I still follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Well, yeah. Um, his Twitter, not so much anymore <laughs> because a lot has changed. Um, but yeah, no, I really loved Max. It, it was it was those it was those things. It was that uh, that quirky, intense approach that he had to screenwriting, even though I, I'm not convinced that I, I like all of his screenwriting. Um, it wasn't what encouraged me to try writing for screen myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I do now as of like the past year and a half. And a lot of that I, I personally ascribe to, um, Max and Max's work so that when the allegations came out, I really didn't know what to do with myself. I still don't know what to do with myself because there's a part of me, which is, I I think it's a horrible part of me that Mm -hmm. says, well, nothing's actually come out of those allegations, so maybe they weren't true, or maybe I don't have to take um, pay attention to them. Um, I say that in comparison to James Gunn, because not because I think that James Gunn, the allegations against James Gunn are as big. All he did was all he did that we know so far is make some shitty jokes on Twitter. Yeah, um, but the fact that folks are standing behind him despite the fact that he's done something that we could objectively say was reprehensible, right? They were really, they were really in bad taste, um, those tweets. Should it, be, should it be that we make a hard and fast rule that if you've done something um, morally reprehensible, you just automatically go on the list? And you, you just said something there, and, and, and I was really surprised as well 
by the defense of the cast. I mean, it was super strong. Even there's a story out today where Chris Pratt is commenting how things are different without him around and they know they have a job to do, but you know, it, they don't know how they're going to handle it. And, yeah. they, and they put their names to a, a, a letter of support and you don't get, usually the, the, the thing is one or two people will stay, but everybody else runs away. I saw yeah. even um, uh, uh, Bobcat Goldwait on one of the talk shows and his defense of James Gunn. And, and, and the funny thing is some of these people are talking about, hear what, I'm a despicable person. He isn't, you know, they, they basically say, right. if I said that, you can hate me, but he isn't, you know, he is not that bad guy, bad a guy. So yeah. I, it, it had me, and, and the other reason why it had me questioning is I'm a part of a Facebook group, and a really lovely Facebook group of a lot of creators of color. Mm-hmm. And when this story came out, immediately there was a condemnation, you know, it immediately was, okay, that's it, Ian, let's scratch it off. And there was literally, I decided not to comment because there was no room for debate. The, the decision in the group was, we don't care when it was. We don't care anything about that. He did it. He's off. He's gone. That's it. We're done yeah. with James. And then any other, and usually we don't like to repeat stories. So any update would immediately get shut down. Any comments is like, we're not going through this again. Check the you original. You made a decision. Yeah, yes, you already, we already spoke about this. For the information, no. And I found myself, and it's it's bad that it's taking a liberal figure that I like to have me question, well, okay, should I not just condemn? Although I do wait. Whenever these things come out, I you will not hear me discussing in public at least for three days. I, I, I take a three days to let me observe and see what is really going on. I don't I don't I don't usually be one of the first persons to jump in unless I know, yeah, hands down. There's no way you could come back from this, that kind of thing. Right. I don't know. I don't know where that line is. And, and like you mentioned, Max Landis, and like his 2011 film, The Death and Return of Superman, that short film, for me, I never saw anything like that mm-hmm. before he did that. It was so good. And I was like, dude. And then Chronicle came out, and I was like, dude. And then I heard about you, so I was like, bye, dude. It was easy for me to tell Max Landis goodbye. It, it was. When the allegations I, I, came out? Yeah, it was easy for me. And, and be, I think it was because of how he started it, positioning himself. himself. I, 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 actually, I think when he, does, he called Ray a Mary Sue, I think that was right. it. Yeah, right. I think that was my, I started that it like, oh. That was your line? Okay. No, well, no it's, I started looking at him differently. I started, you know, I, I was like, why are you going so hard on this? I found him going really hard on it. And I was like, okay. And, yeah. and I, you know. Okay, I mean that's fair. I mean, I, I think that was a conversation on its own that that like even that a lot of folks are having like different conversations about. I I sigh when I say it about how <laughs> how uh, pop culture is being affected by um, social justice warriorhood or whatever yeah. the hell people are calling it. I find, I'm sure that they'll come up with a new way to call it. And full disclosure, disclosure, we engage in some of it ourselves, so it's not... Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean I am a, I'm not a warrior. I'm more of a paladin. Yeah. So I'm a social yeah. justice paladin. Um, <laughs> but will they say... I think I'll be a cleric then. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good class. We always need a cleric in the, in the party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For me, for me, I I can I can I can understand why people who and it's part of the conversation as well. I could understand why people who feel like the media that they've been consuming for their entire lives, um, that the language of those of those things of those artifacts is just changing rapidly before their eyes. That we yeah. wouldn't have to concern ourselves with what is the uh, what what is the amount of women in our script and are they talking to each other about something other than a man? We could just write characters that we or, or enjoy characters that do what we need them to emotionally do. And sad but true, men and women are looking for different um things out of the media that they consume or at least we've been expected to presume that that's the case i'm not sure that that's the case across the board but the men who are concerned or the people who are concerned about uh, about our media becoming too um 
justice signally or social justice warriory or politically correct um they're concerned that the media that they've grown up with and loved for so long um that the language of those things that the things that the things that that media is supposed to do for us has drastically changed i think a lot of folks for instance, and the reason why they're so upset about Star Wars for, for what I think is a, a, a set of colossally dumb reasons is that for them, Star Wars was less uh, was less uh, a space opera than it was a male power fantasy. You yeah. got to choose between um, the young, insecure boy who grows up to be the most powerful person in the universe or um, the badass space cowboy who gets any guild that he wants or even the bad guy. <laughs> you get to choose to be or identify with uh, the the most powerful antagonist in the universe. Those were the characters that we identified with. There were very few people um, who were like, yeah, uh, Leia is obviously <laughs> the most <laughs> important thing about this show. And now we're catapulted into this dimension where um, the person that we have to look at and figure out how to identify ourselves with is Ray. And some yeah. and, and some guys can't have that. I think <laughs> I think Ray's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one one and one thing in terms of because honestly, all of I'd this... rather be Ray than Finn. Me personally, as a black man. <laughs> That 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 is a whole other. We have a whole other thing. Yes, we, we have to talk about that soon. Yeah, we need an episode. The problem with Finn and I love John Boyega. John Boyega, if you're listening to this, I love you. Come to Trinidad. We'll yes, do something. Please. <laughs> I know you like carnival, so come on down. Um, but also, I I I even and this is all for me. I see it all part of the color culture. So like people my age who and this might be a shock to some people when we were growing up. We had one television station. So the media that we were consuming was funneled through this very thin straw. So when I see how some of my friends now react to these call-outs or react to these changes, I realize that some of them are viewing it through the lens where we had such so so little content that we could have engaged in. Yeah, so that little information. It's, it's now become sacred. It's become sacred. You know? Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and that's also an interesting because it's worth keeping in mind that two Trinidadian men <laughs> are yeah, talking yeah. about are talking about a white man from the US that we've never met yeah, before in our lives, right? <laughs> um, and it kind of ties back into the whole idea that it, that all of our media, all of our media, has been kind of funneled through. Mm-hmm. Whether it was one station or now we have five, six TV stations, yeah. um, all of our content is still predominant, with the exception of the news. <laughs> Uh, all of our content comes from the U.S. Yeah, and it presents an interesting position for uh, for Caribbean folks who are commenting or have opinions about this whole James Gunn thing. We are not only processing all of this information from a lens that we can't properly see through, yeah, but the lens that we do see through the how we talk about or gain opinions about fame and celebrity are just vastly different. The mm-hmm. what we what we call a celebrity in Trinidad and Tobago is still someone we could end up in a KFC line with, or could exactly. still yeah could still end up in public transport with, yeah, and some and and for us it's just so often so banal that yeah if you see if you see um award winning soca artist Marshall Montano um sitting down next to you in a maxi it's just like. Yeah, maybe I take an Instagram picture. Maybe I just yeah. go back to my book. Like, who who cares? Yeah, yeah. he's have some good soca, and maybe I might maybe I might tell him, eh, use the best to know. But other than that, it's not a big deal for us. Whereas, um, the lens of celebrity, how we consider celebrity in in the U.S. is vastly different. So, uh, comparing James Gunn to Marshall Montano, I think, is a perfect example. Yeah, Marshall Montano legit was on trial for assaulting a man. And putting him in the hospital. He didn't go to jail. <laughs> and we forgot he was about found, it. So you, should, you should be clear. He was found, I think he was found not guilty, wasn't he? I cannot, I, I, I cannot recall. I cannot recall, to be very honest. I yeah. need to Google that. <laughs> that no, but that's, no, but that's to show you how, how, <laughs> how ill-invested we are with the 
with the controversy uh, and that's how we I, I i think a lot of folks down here are just like yeah james Gunn. i think it's also why we could easily say and not to say that it's wrong but we can easily say that james gunn will be all right because to us celebrity means that you'll be all right yeah yeah and there's just so little to care about that a guy could put a man in the hospital go to trial we can't even remember what the verdict was Okay, so update. four months later, he ended up update. So there, <laughs> winning so come on up. There, there were there was supposed there's supposed to be this is from 2017. There's supposed to be a retrial because there was oh. a reserve ruling was reserved on appeal or something like. We really need to do some research on this one. No, I to show you right. And yeah, I'm seeing here, Mar- Marshall guilty. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? Whereas James Gunn tweeted some shit <laughs> and the world is in uproar. But even still, down here in Trinidad and Tobago, we're like, really? For some tweets, boy? Yeah. Is this, I mean, Cosby like raped a dozen plus women? Oh, gosh. More than, we, right? We have, we have defenders. Yeah, and we have defense. So, like, could we really, could we really just lay off the man on his tweets from two thousand and eight? Like, who the ask is? <laughs> that's so is that our final verdict? Leave James Gunn alone. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't have a final verdict, but I do want. I don't have a final verdict. For me personally, I'm not sure what I'd say politically, but mm. me personally, I stand by James Gunn. I think, I think that he's. I, I think from my perspective, he's demonstrably changed between 2008 and 2018. Um, so, so the billion-dollar question now, should Disney rehire him? I see, Dazzy, that's a different conversation technically, you know, because you were talking yeah. about financial and economic decisions. Uh, yeah. I think the fact that they fired him means they can't rehire him, regardless of what they, regardless of the decision that they come to, because they're just going to open another can of worms and turn James Gunn into a conversation that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 doesn't need to have. They've, yeah. they've fired him, they've fired him, and I think that it's unfortunate. They should not have, in my opinion, but now that they have, they have to leave that Exactly, I, I, I agree. Right? I agree. I think I think they should use a script. Um, have a script doctor come in and change some of the things so at least they yeah. could say some input was given. But l- let his vision finish. Let and it just, end. Yeah. yeah. And, and, go, and to go in the next direction. Whatever, whatever yeah. is that future direction that you'll have for these five years movies. time. You hire him for another movie because by that time, everybody's forgotten about all of this. Maybe, maybe. I think that I think that the the half-life of of controversy has extended in the U.S. a lot. It hasn't extended in Trinidad and Tobago. For us, we have a nine-day culture. Yeah, and yes. Like, like, yeah. It's not going to be like, who he? Who? <laughs> yeah, no. Like, again, he could, he could beat up, a, he could put a guy in the hospital. And nine days later, we'd be like, hey, when God is the galaxy coming out? Again? Is he coming out? I can't remember. <laughs> But I will say it is real sad. But and, and I think it's really if there's one thing that we could learn from all of this is how to keep a conversation going. Yeah? yeah. Regardless of where you think or where you stand about the conversation about James Gunn or Roseanne or Donald Trump or Bill Cosby, the one thing that the one thing that they have on I don't want to say that they have on the global south because that feels bad, but it's kind of true. The one thing mm-hmm. that they have on us is that when they find when they find something to be important enough or controversial enough, that conversation yeah, that conversation will that that train will keep on going until we run out of track. I I do see some some aspects of it, but but those aspects are usually tied to key individuals. Um, yeah. so one or two of you know one or two of the persons that I talk of that they have a particular issue and they they stay on that issue. And every three months or so, you'll see them on a public platform talking about that issue and trying to keep it in the public eye. The yeah, issue but, is getting the public to pay attention. To yeah, it. and the difference between the U.S. and Trinidad and Tobago, to yeah. me, is that no matter what you sta- no matter where you stand on James Gunn, there's still a reasonable there's still a a reasonable option in your head that these people you might completely disagree with them. But it's a position worth hearing out. 
right? Even yeah. even if hearing out in the US means, well, I think this person is an absolute idiot, but I will engage yeah. with the story. I will engage with what they're saying and we'll have an argument. We'll have an all-out fight about it if we have to, but we will engage with, with what we're talking about. Here in Trinidad and Tobago, what is often the case is um, we'll have long-standing activists um, doing the same work that they were doing for for upwards of eight to ten years and i know 125 <laughs> right yeah and they will go on tv and be like why do you ask this person still making noise about this thing why don't why don't you talk about something else why don't we just completely disregard you remember so for those who don't know or are not coming from uh, a, a trinidadian um place or a trinidadian place of information um when was it? Trinidad and Tobago place, eh? I'm, Trinidad I'm right and Tobago, now, yes, I apologize. Right now, all my Tobago friends uh, have been taking their time and saying, uh-huh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, Trinidad and Tobago, my I apologize. No. Um, but yeah, if you're not coming from, from a place of information about Trinidad and Tobago, one really interesting story coming out of the Republic um, was that a couple of years ago, there was a really um, visible protest in front of uh, a, a very popular nightclub in Trinidad called Aria. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so basically the concern was that a woman was barred from entry um, because she had not dressed basically feminine enough. Yeah. There are other conversations there to be had about um, her sexual orientation and gender identity, but those were not the crux of the conversation. The crux of the conversation was that a woman was barred entry because she didn't meet a dress code that was not clearly labeled, that was not clearly stated at the time, um, basically, be basically because the bouncer said that she didn't meet the requirements to enter. And there was a huge protest about um, discrimination and... Um, how we alienate people on the basis of how their gender is um, displayed and performed, that for the majority of Trinbegonians was just so much of a non-issue that we started, that since then, every single time that those activists or those groups come up to say something else, something legitimate about gender-based violence or um, discrimination in the workplace, we just completely ignore those people and say, why did we just hush them out? Yeah. yeah. And that's what I mean about like the, the the changing nature of those conversations is that even if we think that folks who are against James Gunn are completely full of shit, we can have a conversation about how they're full of shit. And we will have that conversation until someone gets a black eye, right? But in Trinidad and Tobago, we just be like, who the ass gives a shit? Yeah, just let, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about crime. Let's talk about politics. Let's talk about flooding in Port of Spain, right? Let's not talk about this issue that that has its roots, yeah, or could potentially have its roots in much more dangerous um, perspectives or ideologies. For example, if you do, if for those who do think that James Gunn should be held accountable for what he said, it is worth keeping in mind that he did joke about pedophilia, right? Okay. And that is something that we, if someone made a comment like that in 2018, our eyes would be open wide, yeah, and for good reason. So it's 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 not it's not just to say that the folks who are concerned about James Gunn's tweets have no right to be concerned. The real concern is how do we call them out better and how do we have these conversations better? But not that we shouldn't have these conversations at all. And I and I want to stand here and say that I commend those folks um, who technically fell for the trap. <laughs> but I commend those folks for continuing that conversation and asking themselves a tough question about what we should do about James Gunn. Yeah, I I I I, I want to close out because I think we've we've kind of exhausted it. Yeah, um, I do want to talk a little bit about like what's the what what is our practice for calling our people in the future? Yeah, and um, well, that's where I'm going. Actually, yeah. was going. <laughs> um, and we mentioned you mentioned earlier on that you were like a social war, war um social justice paladin. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's that we kind of getting to the solution there, you know. Yeah, because absolutely. we have too many social justice warriors, so we need a paladin, a cleric, a, a wizard. So we, yeah, we, that's need, true. we need to, to expand. <laughs> we need to expand the host that we have in the social justice field, yeah. so that it's not just always 
you're the first and you're going out with your sword like a stupid barbarian. Ah! That, that, that we need somebody to pull back and, and do some reflection. We need somebody to, 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 to talk about how... Huh? And we need somebody to reach out and heal. And, and yeah, and that's look, it. That's what I'm saying. Something... We need somebody to reach out and heal and somebody to remind us that we need to heal and we, we yeah. need to remind us that we, we are talking about an, another individual and it, it can't just be um, this, this, this blast that, that we do it. So uh, w- what are some good ways that we can do this, this calling out? Um, for me, I think, um, I think that calling out and calling in always needs to happen simultaneously. Yeah. Um, it's one thing to say, look, James Gunn, I saw your tweet from 2008. Yeesh, bro. What, what's wrong with you? Can we have a conversation about what you were thinking back then and whether you still believe those things? So that, I mean, I think that some of the things that you think or some of the things that you say are wrong. Here's why. Um, but let's talk about that a little bit more and figure out where you're he- headed with that and why I think you're headed in the wrong direction. Yeah. yeah. I, I also I also think, um, and this is for corporate, when this happens, that your first instinct should not just be to do an action. And we do have some really good examples of corporate leaders who are finding ways when you know the when things are attacked, what their initial reaction is. I, I think of the CEO of um that coffee chain, um coffee. Do I know <laughs> this story? Yeah, the guy who the coffee, the most the, the coffee chain, the US coffee chain that I'm a tea um, guy, so like <laughs> Okay, the American rich rituals. Uh-huh. Oh, Starbucks. Starbucks, there you go. Yeah, you see how I like that? The American rituals. Rituals. You can get uh space here for your ad. See, we uh um, <laughs> rituals, the local coffee chain, rituals. <laughs> we'll send them a link to the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So how how he dealt with it, and so for me, Disney could have had that discussion. So sometimes I think because of the how quick that immediate reaction is, that sometimes they're afraid to take a step back and say we'll have a decision on Monday, and then they release this is the discussion we had. This is some so that we it's not just dealt with in this manner where people will then get angry it would look as if okay there was actually some thought and some discussion that actually took place which kind yeah. of happened with roseanne so yeah. they, they they were kind of clear in terms of here what this and, and i honestly i was one of those people who said nothing after roseanne and I, and I went my full malcolm x yeah <laughs> i was full malcolm x on that one i was like yeah that's gonna happen you know what you know how the power structure is and when it when i was actually home when it, it they made it, I was like, okay, damn, did not expect that. And I did not expect all the conversations that they then shared that they had and how they came up to the decision. So I say, there's a responsibility for the corporate world as well. And for politicians, we recently had a politician who a complaint was made by a particular body. And rather than taking some time to say, okay, let me hear what you're saying, his initial response was, no, that's foolishness. You all are making too much of a big deal. Yeah, when I yeah. felt there, it, there was an important conversation that could have been had. Yeah. Because they called them out on it, and rightly so. And I understand, I'm being kind of vague here because mm-hmm. I'm not sure I, mean, I want to get caught up in our politics. And because it's, you know, it's just that. It's because our, I mean, our politics could take up a whole episode by itself. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there was that opportunity for him as leader to say, to, look, to, I'm hearing you out, and I understand. I'm hearing you out. Let me and, hear what you have to say. Yeah. I see your point. And you can have said, I see your point. I see where you're coming from, but I don't think this is what they intended. Yeah, you know, or, or, e- or even, like, if, if, if it were in my position, I would say something along the lines of, um, we're reaching out to um, the folks involved um, to see where their, uh, where their headspace was and what they were thinking when they were doing something like this. And we're going to approach them with these concerns because while I think that this was not their intention, it is important for us to be mindful about these things in future because they affect the lives of, the, of every single Trinbegonian. Yeah, and, and, I, and, and for me, in that situation, I felt his response should not have been to the other political party because that was the politics part of it. But to the organizations, like the, 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 the women's organization that came out, yeah. the response should have been to them. They were really the ones who were bringing it out from what I saw as a, a non-political 
you know, please. Yeah, yeah. rather there than genuine, there are genuine yeah. concerns there, and and much the same way, I think that there are genuine concerns about the James Gunn controversy. That and we should yeah. continue having those conversations. Yeah, but have those conversations in a way that partners with the folks that we think are doing wrong, so that they don't do and say crazy shit again. Yeah. yeah. So that we can continue creating a culture as well where people um, don't feel like they have to alienate us from um, from our idols or the folks that we're fans from in order to prove that the line is too thick. Because remember, it's worth keeping in mind that that's how we found ourselves here with James Gunn, is that yeah. um, some conservative some conservative tweeter said, well, if they're going to make everything politically correct, they're going to have to shoot their own idols in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Whereas instead, if we had decided, look, there are certain things that we have a clear line about, and we'll put you on the list, but the list is a probationary list. There's still yeah. an opportunity for you to decide. Get yeah, get for you to decide that I've thought about this a little bit more, and this is not the kind of person that I want to be known as. Um, but like you said, that there is a lot to discuss about these things, and, and perhaps we'll never be able to discuss the end of it. Um, yeah. But we uh, should give an opportunity for... Even folks listening to the podcast, if you have any thoughts or concerns, be um, be sure to share those with us when you listen to the if podcast. If you disagree with every single thing we said. Yeah, if you yeah. think we totally full of shit, make sure to let us know. <laughs> but also, if there's something that you agree with or something that you want to add, please let us know in the, uh, in our on our social media. We're going to put the links down at the description um, for when you get a chance to hear it. And I want to close off after... Uh, a long conversation about things that we're not sure that we like to talk a little <laughs> bit about what we like it. So Marlon, what you liking? Um a couple of things. So I'm I'm watching I'm watching Voltron right now and I did you have Saturday morning cartoons? Yes. Okay. So you were <laughs> I'm not just at the end. <laughs> yeah. So so Voltron Voltron for me is peak Saturday morning cartoons mm. and you play I gobble it down, but I'm trying to tease it out. I'm trying to have my Saturday morning cartoon experience with my Fruit Loops and my milk. And Aww. I think, and I think this season, there's just something about this season where, uh, you know, you're actually seeing growth. There was a scene, and I'm not gonna send us spoilers, but there was a scene where Keith, who is the leader. And they've all agreed. Keith is the leader. Mm -hmm. And he gave um, a, an order to Lance, who was always the hothead. And Lance was like, okay, yes, go. And yeah. just seeing that kind of interaction between them, and that's what I love about this season, is that the interaction between them, where they are as they're characters. Yeah, and it's, it's for me, it's I love to see animated features that show that growth. I hate the quirky character who did the same thing in season one is doing the same way and acting the same. You know, I must see growth. And and with them, and you saw it a couple of times, there's even an episode where, where Lance recognizes Keith as the leader, and he says as much about it, which is something he wouldn't have done in season one. And, yeah. and I, I guess I, it's, it's a, such a nice, it's, it's lovely to see a feature grow. And, and that's one of the things that I've been enjoying. Yeah, there's some um, controversy and, about Voltron that we'll get to talk about. Sometime. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, what I'm also liking, and this one is just ridiculous, Crashy Cats. So, <laughs> so, what's, so what's Crashy Cats is a mobile game that I that you can play for like, like, like 30 seconds. And you control this cat who is inside this building and you're knocking down your your master and the and photocopy machines and and it's just you know a, a endless runner type and it's really ridiculous but it's really fun to see and it's a nice little song you know so you know you need to have that song so i would i would advise on your mobile devices <laughs> Don't give crashy cats a try, especially if you have cats. You know, I will actually, I will actually give it a try because I have three cats, and I think that's um. And then you will imagine your cats doing that in your house, and there's even a point in the game where the house can burn down. Wow, that's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> that's interesting. So, um, actually, the only thing that I'm really liking, that I'm really kind of excited to finish watching, is I started watching The Hollow on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Um, and if you're interested in animated, if you're interested in more animated goodness on Netflix, I think you should certainly give it a try. It's um, it's a really uh, interesting fantasy horror 
thriller kind of story um, that is still very youthful and fun and quirky, and I'm liking it. I, I, w- I will give you my my niece's. Um, I, and next time, I'll give you my niece's take on that because we watched that in one sitting. We watched all the episodes in one. Oh sitting. wow, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Maybe we get to talk about it sometime here soon. Yeah. Up. Uh, so. Thanks so much um, for joining us on this, our very first podcast of Nerd World Politics. Uh, I certainly hope that you enjoyed it and you find something that you like uh, from the things that we like in as well. Um, I, for one, certainly going to try this Crashy Cats business. To see what it's <laughs> you are really into this, man. I think I'm going I'm, I'm to do like a, a trailer for Crashy Cats. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure those folks over there would love that. I, would, I, I just want to see it myself. Uh, <laughs> Uh, So thanks so much for joining us. Look out for our next podcast in about a week or so. Um, This has been Nerd World Politics. I'm Brandon O'Brien. I'm Alan Thompson. Thanks so much for joining us again. Blessings and peace.